Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, praise the Lord. Good evening, everybody. Uh, Glad to see everybody in church tonight for another great Wednesday night, United. And uh, we want to begin over here in Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, we want to continue with this that we have been on, entitled The Mature Believer. And uh, we've made this statement throughout the series, but it's important that we continue to focus on it. The goal of the Christian life is maturity, all right, to grow up into Christ. I remember uh, it's been several years ago now when I heard uh, Pastor Bob Yandian make that statement in a uh, conference that we were in, and he made the statement, he said, the goal of the Christian life is maturity. The the ultimate goal uh, for the believer is that we grow up into Christ, that we become all that we need to be in Christ. Now, in Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 11, of course, the Apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul says, And he, Jesus, gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come in the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth, or from here on out, be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So notice over and over again, this phrase is used to, 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 to grow up into him, uh, to mature in the things of God. And uh, verse 12 says, for the perfecting of the saints or the equipping, the furnishing of the saints. And then verse 13 says, unto a perfect man or a fully grown, mature person. And so in the local church, in the, the body of Christ, where these gifts are manifest and these gifts operate, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, uh, those gifts operate and function for the maturing, uh, the equipping, the furnishing uh, of the people of God so that they can mature to do the work of the ministry. And here it is, ultimately edify the body of Christ. And then he says, that we should speak the truth in love, all right? Or speak the truth enfolded in love. So a mark of spiritual maturity is the ability to speak the truth in love. Well, here's the thing. You can't speak the truth in love if you're not walking in love. Love begats love. If I'm walking in love, I'm going to respond in love. If I'm walking in love, I'm going to think in love and speak in love and act in love. All right, this is so important. Uh, if you remember, the, uh, the Bible says in the book of James, it says that if a person comes to you, a brother or a sister is actually what it says, And it says, if they are destitute, if they are without what they need, and you don't help them, and you don't give them what you what they need or what they they the 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 necessity that they have, it says, how does the love of God dwell in you? It's not just enough to say, hey, brother, be warmed and be filled. All right. In other words, I'm believing with you now, Uh, but you have to act in that circumstance and give them what they have need of, all right? That, that is walking and acting and living in love. Now, 
Love is at the very center of a believer's maturity. Right? Love is at the very core. The, the evidence of maturity is the ability to walk in love. And this is very important because it's not, it's not uh, uh, whether I speak in tongues or move in the gifts of the Spirit or am a good minister or know the Bible. That, that is all important, but that is not evidence of maturity. All right, it's not evidence of being a mature believer. Uh, in the book of Acts, Pastor Michelle ministered on this uh, last Sunday. In the book of Acts, Paul went to Ephesus and he found believers there or found disciples, the Bible says. And the first thing Paul asked them, he said, have you been filled with the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we didn't know whether there'd be anything as a Holy Ghost. And Paul said, what baptism were you baptized into? And they said, John's. He said, John barely baptized unto repentance. All right. But he laid hands on them. And it says they received the Holy Ghost. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to prophesy. Now, this is important because they were just born again, just filled with the Holy Ghost. And they started prophesying. Well, they weren't mature. They weren't full grown but yet they were operating in one of the gifts of the Spirit. All right? It's, it's, it's not a mark of spiritual maturity that I do spiritual things. All right? The, the, the high watermark of spiritual maturity is can you, will you, do you walk in love? All right? This, this is the key. Uh, in Galatians chapter 5, and verse 6, the Apostle Paul, again, through the, the Holy Spirit, through Paul, says, For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith, notice, which worketh by love. Faith that works by love. Uh, the Godspeed translation says, only faith acting through love. Uh, the Knox translation says, the faith that finds its expression in love is all that matters. The faith that finds its expression in love is all that matters. The Amplified Bible says, for if we are in Christ Jesus... Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything, but only love activated and expressed, or excuse me, but only faith activated and expressed and working through love. Hallelujah. Now notice, faith is vital. All right? Faith is irreplaceable. All right? The Bible says that, that, that without faith we cannot please God. Hebrews 11, 6. So faith is vital. Faith in the life of a believer is irreplaceable. But yet this vital, irreplaceable force is inactive and unexpressed without love. All right? It says again, only faith activated and expressed and working through love. So love is the foundation. Love is the, is the core. All right. If I cannot please God without faith, and yet faith that I need to please God is ineffective and unexpressed without love. Hallelujah. See, the, 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 the love of God is shed abroad in your heart. And, and the love of God is the activator to my faith. It's, it's the foundation. It is what holds everything together, all right? Uh, of course, I, I grew up, I grew up uh, uh, around horses and cattle and, and uh, uh, worked for many years in, in that uh, capacity and uh, did a lot of team roping, a whole lot of team roping, a lot of roping in the pasture and in the pens. And there's something that uh, the Lord gave me an analogy of. Uh, 
when uh, especially uh, a working a working cowboy's rig is is what it's called, but the saddle of a working cowboy. Uh, it, it has two very vital pieces of equipment, actually three, but we'll focus on, on two of them in particular. Uh, when you put a saddle on a horse, you have what is called a front cinch and you have a back cinch, all right? Well, the front cinch, of course, is, is, uh, uh, goes around the, 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 the chest of the horse right behind the front legs, and uh, uh, it's basically a, a strap made out of, of several strands of, of woven cotton, all right, or, or material, and it goes under the chest of the animal, and then it has a leather strap, all right, that, that you attach, and you, you basically run it a few loops around uh, 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 through the, the, the cinch holder on the saddle, and then you pull it tight, and you buckle it in place, all right? Well, that front cinch is vital, all right, because it, it, it is what you pull down tight so that saddle doesn't move side to side, all right? It's the first thing you do. Now, there's a back cinch as well. Back cinch is usually, a, 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 it's made of leather, all right? It's buckled to one side of the saddle. It comes under the, 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 the belly of the horse. And then you, you, it has a buckle on it, and you, you buckle it. The back cinch is not as tight as the front cinch. This is important. I'm not just telling you about saddles. Here, here's why. It's the back cinch for a reason. On a working cowboy's rig, all right, you, you, it's important that you have both of these pieces of equipment. For instance, if you look at an English... Uh, uh, jumper's saddle, all right, it's, it's, it's just, it's not very big, and it has one cinch, the front cinch, that's it, there's no need for a back cinch, if you look at a western pleasure saddle, all right, uh, they have western pleasure horses uh, uh, that, that are not working horses, they're, they're, they're designed for, for trail riding, it has one cinch, a front cinch, keeps that saddle from moving side to side, all right, that's, that's what the English jumper saddle needs to be so that that saddle doesn't move side to side. But a working cowboy's rig, all right, he's going to be roping animals. He's going to be cutting cattle out of the herd. Uh, there's any number of things that he's going to have to do. And when you rope an animal, you rope a steer, you rope a calf, if you don't have a back cinch, you're, you're going to take a dolly, you're going you're to rope that animal, jerk the slack, and you're going to dolly around that saddle horn. And if you don't have a back cinch, the back of your saddle is going to come up. All right? And all the pressure is going to be put on, on the, the, the uh, front of that horse, on the, on the withers of that horse. Now, understand something. So I need a back cinch so in the natural so that the saddle doesn't pop up, all right? But here's, here's, here's a rule of thumb. When you put a saddle on a horse, the first cinch that you tighten is the front cinch, the first one, and then the back cinch. When you unsaddle a horse, you, you loosen the back cinch first and then the front cinch. Here's why. The front cinch keeps the saddle on the animal. The back cinch is not designed to keep the saddle on the animal. All right? And if that horse should booger or get, get frightened or pull away or take off and only the front cinch is buckled, that saddle will roll around under his belly, tear him up. All right? When the front cinch is tightened, that saddle can't roll around because it's what it's, it, that saddle, all right, uh, has a, a cantle in the back and, and, and swells in the front. All right, the swells keep the, the cowboy from moving forward. All right, and that saddle is designed to fit over the withers of that horse. And combined with the front cinch, cinching that saddle down, that saddle can't move side to side. Now, if you just have the back cinch, remember what it's designed to, so that the saddle doesn't pop up in the back not to keep the saddle steady side to side. Love is the front cinch of the Christian believer's life. 
It's what keeps you centered. It's what keeps you stable, is, is my ability to walk in love. All right? The, the, it's the foundation. It's the front cinch of the believer's life. When, when you get your love walk solid and steady, it's hard for you to be moved. All right? Be, because I'm walking in love. Number one, I know how much God loves me. And because I know how much God loves me, I love people to that degree. Amen. And so if, if I don't take the time to get that love walk solid. Now, I'm, I'm going to say something. And, and remember, we're faith builders. But what I see in some people's lives, not, not necessarily people that I see on a regular basis, but just believers in general. What I see very often in believers in general is this is very often they will spend a lot of time focusing on what they consider to be building their faith, and they're not giving a lot of attention to their love walk. Can I say that when you are building your love walk, you are building your faith? Because when you're strengthening your love walk, you are strengthening your ability to exercise your faith. Hallelujah. Whatever level of faith you are at, if your love walk is strong, you will maximize the ability to exercise whatever level of faith you have. If your love walk is strong, you can take, you can take the level of faith you have, whether it's little faith or, or great faith or whatever it is, and you can maximize it because it is energized and expressed through love. Glory be to God. Amen. So faith is vital. Faith is irreplaceable. But it's inactive and unexpressed through love. If a recipe calls for two ingredients and you only use one of them, what you're making is not going to come out right because it requires two ingredients. Amen. Or more. If, if you look at a, at a, at a I, I like to cook, and, and there's times I, I use different recipe booklets. And if I look in, in the recipe booklet, and there are six ingredients, and I decide I'm only going to use four of them without replacing them, then something's not going to be right. Amen. It's not going to come out right. Notice Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 38. And this, again, is a familiar passage of Scripture because uh, it says here in Hebrews 10 and 38, Now the just shall live by faith. The just or the justified. Well, we are the just, we're the justified, and, and it's just assumed in the Bible that we're supposed to live by faith. All right? It's, it's stated three times in the New Testament and one time in the Old Testament that the just or the justified live by faith. So that's just an assumption that we are supposed to live by faith. Every day is a faith day. Right? Amen. But we cannot live by faith if our faith is not active and energized. I, I can't live by something that's not energized, that's not active. All right? Faith is how we are to live. That's one ingredient. Faith is how we are to live. Love is the active ingredient that causes our faith to work. That gives it expression. That energizes it. You see that? It's, it's, it's like if you go to the uh, hardware store or, or even the auto store. Well, let, let me use this as an example. If you've ever had a rear view mirror come off, all right, you go to the auto store and you can find a compound, a glue compound there to put your rear view mirror back on. Now, it's specifically designed for that purpose. But when you open it up, there's two tubes. One is the glue, the cement. The other is the activator. Mm. All right? 
The, the cement is designed to hold the mirror in place. But without the activator, there are compounds, there are chemical compounds in the glue that need to be activated by the activator. And if you just take the tube of the glue and put it on the back of the rearview mirror, on the back of, of, of the, the, the uh, uh, stand that holds that mirror on the windshield, you're going to be disappointed because it's not going to stay. But the instructions say once you add the activator, you've only got a matter of seconds to get it in place. Right? So that's why they suggest that you take the piece of metal that the rear view mirror slides on and put it in place, put the activator and the glue, the glue in the activator, and then put it in place, wait ever how long you're supposed to wait, and then put the mirror on because you've only got a certain amount of time. Why? Because that activator activates the, the, the cement properties in that glue. Hallelujah. When you're walking in faith and you're living by faith as we're supposed to do, when you add love to the mix and you're walking in love, your faith automatically comes to another level of potency. Because I'm walking in love. I'm walking in the love of God. I'm living by love. I'm treating people in love. I am, I am acting in love. Your, your faith gets another level of potency. All right? Hallelujah. And what happens is a lot of people attempt to operate in faith without activating that faith through love. Notice in Galatians 5, back to Galatians 5. I know we've been bouncing around Galatians 5 a lot during this series, but that's okay. Uh, Galatians 5 and verse 13. Uh, for brethren, you've been called to liberty, only don't use that liberty for an occasion to the flesh. Notice, but by love serve one another. All the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, love your neighbors yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you're not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The Amplified Bible says the whole law concerning human relationships is complied with in one precept. You shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. Faith has to be combined with love in order to work and function at a high level. All right? See, we're, 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 we come to God on the basis of faith, not on the basis of works or the basis of law. Hallelujah. Uh, the Bible says that, here it says here, that when I walk in love, I fulfill the law. I fulfill the Ten Commandments, the law of Moses. I fulfill those Ten Commandments. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, under, under the Old Covenant, under the, it, it was the same under the Old Covenant. If, if you walked in love under the Old Covenant, you could do the same thing. But the point that I'm making is uh, un, under the Old Covenant, it was based on what you did. Under the, old, under the New Covenant, it's based on walking in love to fulfill those commandments. But, but, but notice, faith has to be combined with love to work and function at a high level. If, if I want my faith to function at the level that it should, it's to be understood that love must be in the mix. In uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 Corinthians 13, and we'll start in verse 1. And the Lord's really been leading us into 1 Corinthians 13 some. Uh, it is the great love chapter. Uh, but notice verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, and have not charity, I'm become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge... And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. The Roost Bible says, and if I have all faith so I'm able to keep on removing mountain after mountain, 
but I'm not possessing love, I am nothing. The Amplified Bible says, I am a useless nobody. Another translation says, I would still be worth nothing. Now notice that. Now, here's something I want you to see. The issue here is not a lack of faith. The faith is there to remove mountains. All right? The issue is not a lack of faith. It's a lack of love. It's not walking in love. It's not a lack of faith. It's a lack of love. Notice, without love, I become useless. Why? There's no way to express my faith. Paul says here, the Holy Spirit through Paul says, if I have enough faith to remove mountain after mountain, and yet I don't have love, I'm useless. In, in other words, my faith is useless. It's, it's worth nothing. Hallelujah. Uh, Brother Hagin told a story one time about a certain minister, and you've heard this before, but it, it bears repeating. And he said that this man had some of the most dynamic miracles in his ministry. This was back in the days of the voice of healing, uh, back in the uh, 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 late 40s and through the 1950s. And uh, I heard other people say, Oral Roberts said this man had some of the most dynamic miracles. And, and I've seen some of those miracles on, on old movies. He did. And the Lord told Brother Hagin, he said, uh, you go tell him that if he don't correct these three areas of his life, uh, he's not going to live much longer. And, and uh, there, there were different areas, but the main one was, he, he has to start walking in love towards his fellow ministers. All right? Because this, this minister uh, uh, was from a certain part of Texas, and uh, he decided to start a church. They called them revival centers back in those days. And he decided to start a church. And he was talking uh, with uh, a certain pastor, and he said, well, I'm going to start a church. And the pastor said, well, where are you going to get the people from? And he said, I'm going to get them from your church and this other guy's church. I'm just going to take them. I'm going to build my church off your churches. I mean, just matter of factly. That, that's just what he said. In other words, he, he was walking this way. I don't care what happens to your church. I'm going to start a church, and I don't care what happens to you. And the Lord told Brother Hagin, he said, you tell him, that if he doesn't walk in love, if he don't start walking in love, he's not going to live much longer. Now think about this for a moment. Some of the most dynamic miracles that men like Brother Hagin and Oral Roberts had ever seen were occurring in this man's ministry. Now we know the gifts of healing and the working of miracles. We know that those operate as the Spirit wills. Now follow me here. When this brother was 39 years of age, he was struck with polio. And he died. Now people will say, how could a man of such great faith die sick? Because the miracles and the signs and the wonders in his ministry were expressions of the Holy Spirit as the Spirit wills. You can operate in the gift of gifts of healing and the working of miracles and special faith where other people are concerned. And yet, if you're not doing what you need to do to keep your own faith strong, you don't get healed by, in, in your own life necessarily uh, as, a, as a minister through one of the gifts. It, 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 it is your faith that works in that situation. Now, according to what the Lord told Brother Hagin, this man was not walking in love. We just read that faith has to be active and expressed through love. Amen. 
So people will say, are you saying this man didn't have faith to be healed? I'm telling you that 1 Corinthians 13 says, I can possess enough faith, all right, to move mountains, but if I'm not walking in love, it will not be active and energized, and it will not do me any good. It will be useless. Hallelujah. So when you hear a story like that, the problem is no love, and whatever faith I possess is not active and energized because I'm not walking in love. Hallelujah. Glory to God. One of the greatest acts of faith is simply walking in love. Well, pastor, how is that? Forgiving. You forgive by faith. It requires love to forgive, but you do it by faith. When somebody comes to you and says, I need you to forgive me, and you go, okay, done, I forgive you. You did that by faith. You, you, you may not feel like forgiving. You, you, <laughs> you may not even want to, but you're doing it by faith. And that's an act of faith. That's what? That's prompted by love. Prompted by compassion. And you do it by faith. Amen. Refusing to pay attention to a suffered wrong. How, how do you do that? See, that's walking in love and you do that by faith. And, and there again, somebody will say, but you know, if, if, if I forgive, then that person will just keep doing that to me. Well, go back to number three or, three or four in this series where we talk about love and boundaries. Here, here's the point. I'm not, when I refuse to pay attention to a suffered wrong, all right, that doesn't mean that, that uh, I just open the door and let that person keep wronging me. It means I'm not keeping a record. I'm not keeping a tally. I'm not keeping the books on what you've done to me. I have forgiven you and let it go. I'm not keeping the books. I've burned those books. I've thrown those books away. Hallelujah. Do, do, do you see what I'm saying? That, that's walking in love and you're doing it by faith. By faith, you don't keep a record. Well, what if they do that to me again? You're going to walk in love and walk in faith and you're going to forgive by faith and you're going to refuse to remember it by faith. Glory to God. Amen. I've had people ask me, they say, Pastor, how could you, I had a person ask me not too long ago, how could you just forgive that person and act like nothing happened? Well, I got to do it by faith, but if I'm going to walk in love, I have to. Now, we're not going to get into this, but, but that's what this means when it says, uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, love pays no attention to a suffered wrong. In the Greek, it literally means love keeps no record. Oh, hallelujah. I know people that can tell you the day, what they were doing, right, when somebody did them wrong. They're keeping a record of it. And that will impair their ability to walk in faith. Because they're not walking in love. Remember, love is the front cinch. It keeps you stable. It, it, it keeps you mature. Hallelujah. And, 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 and I, I, I've known people and still know people that, boy, they can tell you when somebody did them wrong what they were doing, I mean, what they were wearing. It's, it's just they remember exactly down to the minute details. Why? They keep a record. They keep a record. See, the world says, you burned me once. That's your fault. You burned me twice. That's my fault. So I'm not going to let you burn me again. Well, there's nothing that says that you won't ever get burnt again. There's no scripture in the Bible that says you'll never be done wrong again. But there are scriptures in the Bible that tell us how we're to respond ever how many times we're done wrong. I'm to respond in love by faith. 
Amen. See, there are people, there, there are people, very close acquaintances to me right now in my life that I would not open my life up to let them have a large part in my life because they have not changed yet. But I don't keep a record of what they've done. Let, let me share this with you. Uh, one time, uh, uh, a relative of ours cost me a lot of money. And, and when I say a lot of money, I mean about $10,000 in a matter of months. I was trying to help them. And uh, uh, it was, it was $10,000 in a matter of maybe six, eight, nine months. Well, you add that up, that's about $1,000 a month. And one day I was just so put out. I was so frustrated. And, and I was saying, Lord, I'll tell you what, I've helped them. I've blessed them. I've, I've done what's right for them. And then they go treat me this way. And the Lord said, uh, and, and, and I even made the statement, and now I'm just out that money. They're never going to pay me back. I'm just out that money. And the Lord said to me, he said, uh, so you were doing it so they would pay you back? And I said, no, Lord, I was, I was doing it because I care about them. He said, if you care about them and you did it because you care about them, quit bringing it up. If you weren't expecting to be paid back and you were doing it out of love, call it seed sown and leave it at that. You know, I have found that when it comes to walking in love, God doesn't give you wiggle room. Either you are or you're not. It's, it's like walking in faith. Either you're in faith or you're not in faith. There's no sort of in faith or kind of walking in love. Amen. Somebody will say, well, are you upset? Well, sort of. Well, you either are or you're not. <laughs> I mean, that's right. It's, it's like, like, like the man said, you, you can't straddle the fence. That's uncomfortable. You, you got to have both feet on one side. Now, here's the point. So when I settled that and I said, okay, Lord, yes, forgive me. I did that because I love them and I call it seed sown. And, and I'll be very honest with you. I have a hard time being, I, well, I say I have a hard time, but I'll leave it at that. I have a hard time being upset with that person to this day. I, I would really have to just violate my conscience to get upset with them because I didn't do it for any other reason than I love them. Yeah, but they cost you thousands of dollars. Yeah, they did. They did. But you know what? Here's what I figured out. That's just money, and God gave that back to me over. God's blessed me beyond that. Well, how did I do that? I did it by faith. Why? Because by all outward circumstances, they haven't changed that much. It's, life is still all about them. But I never bring that up. Even to them, I don't bring it up. I don't bring it up to other people. My standpoint about them is they are following the plan of God for their life. And that's what I'm going to declare. Now, I bring, I, I, I bring that to you because I had to do that by faith. I'm not paying attention. I'm keeping no record of how that person hurt me. I've met with people before and they say, if you just, the, the way those people treated me, do you know I had this need? And not one of them cared about me. And not one of them, right? And then that same person will go, now, I'm not mad at them. I've forgiven them. No, if, if you can remember in that much detail, you have not yet cleared the books. And you just got to burn the books. The Bible says that we love with the same love Remember, we taught about that in several of, the, of these messages in this series, that we are to love as God loved. We are to imitate God and walk in love as dear children. We are to love each other as Christ loves. That's what the book of Ephesians says. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. 
right? So what does that mean? God's not keeping a record of wrongs. God has no record of your past. God, because of love, has chosen to forget it. You know, God, by definition, uh, well, I, let me say this. God is perfect, and perfection, by definition, would mean that you could not forget anything. Perfection cannot forget. Perfection's perfection. It, it knows everything. It, it remembers everything. But God, 1 John 4, 8, who is love. Do you think God, who is love, walks in love? Operates in love? Of course. What did He do before you were, when, when you got born again? The Bible says that He, he cleared the books. Not only did he, he, he didn't just draw an X through it, it, it carries the idea of this, it just disappeared. It ceased to exist. To God, what you did before salvation never happened. Why? Love. Love. And that's why 1 John says that if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just, to forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, take away from us the guilt, the shame, the condemnation, so that we can once again stand by faith as the righteousness of God in His presence. Why does God do that? Because He loves us. And and the lover is more concerned about the other individual than they are themselves. This is important. I, I, I want things to go well for you. That's what God's saying. I want things to go well for you. I am going to forgive you when you come to me in faith and you confess your fault and you confess your sin. Here's what I'll do. I will immediately forgive it and forget it. Whew! Amen. That's so important. So everything we do, we love by faith. Everything I want to do by faith is dependent upon how I walk in love by faith. Everything I want to do by faith is dependent upon how I walk in love by faith. Now, now, how do I do that? I'm, 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 I'm watching my time. I, I want to respect your time. But how do I do that? Well, think about this. If you're believing God for healing and a symptom pops up in your body, well, how do you walk by faith where that's concerned? Father, I thank you that according to your word, I'm healed. I thank you that Isaiah 53 and 5 says, with your stripes, I am healed. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, with your stripes, I was healed. I thank you that you're the God that has taken sickness and disease from my midst. And I praise and glorify you in the name of Jesus. Would that be right? It might not be those exact words, but that's how you would walk in faith. Well, when a hurt, unforgiveness tries to show up. You see that person and what they did to you tries to show up. What do you do? Father, I thank you that I am born of God. So that means I am born of love. I thank you that I am a creature of love and I have forgiven them and I refuse to move from my stance of forgiveness. I have forgiven them. I love them. I care about them. In the name of Jesus, the books are clear. I pay no attention to a suffered wrong. That's how you walk in love by faith. Hallelujah. Amen. I I was meeting with a couple of, of ministers not too long ago. And uh, uh, I, I, I want to say this correctly. And we, I, I made a statement that a minister that had a very great impact in my life uh, made. And uh, uh, that, that, that minister, uh, if I want to say this uh, the right way, m- made the decision... And I, I'd known them for many, many years. They're very, very precious to me, still are. 
But when I came to Little Rock, they made the decision. They thought I was wrong. And so they just kind of quit having any communication with me. And, but I made a statement that they had made because I have very great respect for them. And I, I still respect highly what they poured into my life. And I made a statement that they made. And one of the ministers said, that's what always blessed me. And, and that's what I want to follow you in is because I've never heard you say anything derogatory about that pastor, that minister. And I looked at him very quickly and said, and you never will. Folks, your candle will never burn brighter because you put the other guy's fire out. Your life is not going to be any better if you hold a grudge. You're not going to get any more completion. You're not going to get any more satisfaction out of life because you hold a grudge against somebody. It's not going to make it harder on them. It's going to make it harder on you. Hallelujah. Because every time I don't walk in love, the front cinch on my spiritual saddle gets loose. And when the front cinch on a saddle gets loose, when you start to get on your horse, it pulls to the side. The, the saddle can move. And when the saddle moves, it can, it can rub the horse's withers raw. And they get a, a saddle sore. That's where the, the phrase saddle sore comes from. And once you get a horse with a sore on his withers, it's hard to heal. Especially if he's a working horse. Because everything revolves around that part of his body. If, if, if you rope a calf and you go to dally around the horn, all the pressure comes on those withers. Because remember, we got the back cinch, keeps the saddle from going up. But all the pressure's right there on the front of that animal. If, if you rope a calf and he takes off that way, if you don't get your horse around, he takes the, the pull sideways right on those withers. And you can't, you can't do that if he's got sores. So the only thing generally that you can do to, with a horse that has sore withers is let him rest and let him heal. But why did they get those sores? Because the saddle wasn't tight. The saddle wasn't tight. When you feel things rubbing, and you feel, you feel this, this uh, uncomfortableness, the very first place you check is, if, is my love cinch tight? Very first place. I'm not saying that's the only place. It's the first place. It's the first place. If, if you rub a, a, a horse's withers sore, it could be because you have the wrong kind of blanket or you don't have enough padding, whatever it may be. If, if you've got a horse with very high withers, you've got to use two blankets. If you've got a horse with very short withers, rounded withers, you can get by with one blanket. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a thick blanket. See, you, you're checking all those places. Is, is the love cinch tight? And, 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 and all of those that I talked about represent other things that we're supposed to add to our love walk, right? Am I walking in love? Am I being patient? Am I being kind? When you feel like something's rubbing, check your love walk quickly. If you feel like your faith is not at its highest level of potency, check your love walk. It's, it's not an indictment. I'm not throwing blame here. I'm saying that's the first place you check. Because that's what keeps things stable. Amen. Now, chapter 13, verse 8. We're almost done. And it says, uh, Charity, look, very first line, Love never fails. Love never fails. Love never fails. Well, the God kind of faith never fails. Now think about this. 
Many times, not always, what people call a faith failure is actually a failure to activate their faith through love. Not always, but many times. 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, There are three things. Now abideth faith, hope, and love. These three, the greatest of these is love. The New English Bible says, In a word, there are three things that last forever. Faith, hope, and love. So these three are eternal and are dependent upon each other to operate. The greatest is love. Why? It's the power source for the other two. It's the power source for the other two. You know, I'll end with this. You can have uh, the greatest vehicle with the biggest engine, the most horsepower. You can have twin turbos. Uh, you can have all of the, the accoutrements that go all right, on that, on that vehicle. I mean, you can, have, uh, you can have the road and track suspension. You can, you can have all of the add-ons. But here's one thing I know. That there are two things that are indispensable in that vehicle. Number one is your battery. All right? The battery doesn't run all the time. It's not used all the time. But what it does is it gives that initial charge to get the car started. And then the car runs off of what? The charging station called the alternator. Right? If you're just driving down the road one day and all of a sudden you lose all power, and I don't know if you've ever been there. I have. That's how I know this, this, this is the truth. You might think, well, I just need a new battery. And you go get a new battery. Fully charged. But a couple days, two or three days, maybe not that long, same thing happens. You got an alternator problem. There's no charge going. Hallelujah. See, we could consider the battery faith. And love is the alternator. It keeps things going. It keeps things charged up. If you feel like your faith is dragging, check your love walk. If things that used to be easy are now difficult, check your love walk. And it may not even be something that's big. It may not even be something that is, is uh, uh, large. It may, it may just be something that's trying to creep in there. Watch that. Because it's just, it's draining the energy away from your ability to walk the way God wants you to walk. Amen? But, because we are of love, we are of God, we are of love, we can do it. We can walk in love and we can mature into everything God wants us to be. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, stand up everyone. Praise.